Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Alfonso Dilanues, uh, the co-founder and co-CEO of UserZoom. Uh, welcome, Alfonso. Hi. Thank you so much. Happy to be here with you. Uh, so for those of you that aren't familiar with UserZoom, tell us a little bit about the company. Sure thing. UserZoom is a software-as-a-service company uh, that offers a all-in-one solution to do um, to measure and to conduct user experience research and usability testing. Um, so we are in the user experience optimization business. Well, it's very close to the conversion rate optimization business. In fact, that's a part of it, as I, as I like to think of it. Uh, so let's talk about the relationship between those two. Now, a lot of things go into conversion rate optimization, visual design, uh, copywriting, neuromarketing, um, you know, user scenarios, things like that. So how does user testing and the user experience fit into all of that? Yeah, you pretty much uh, listed uh, you know, many of the factors that uh, compose uh, a good user experience. Um, the thing about testing and user testing is that uh, since the experience has become so complicated, um, you know, we have um, multi-channel experiences, multi-device experiences, and you know, the end consumer has so much power. Testing has become a huge aspect of managing the customer experience. Uh, you know, it's really hard for professionals to get it right, um, or for professionals, meaning the designers and developers, to get it right right away. And so, so, so what are what are some of those blind spots that web developers and visual designers have uh, from a from a user experience perspective? What are their uh, tendencies, or what do they often overlook? Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're, they're, we have customers that work uh, tremendously uh, uh, and put a lot of effort into navigation experience, right, and optimizing that search experience of a product or content. And then, of course, there's the checkout process. And, you know, a lot of times uh, we as as professionals in UX, uh, designers and developers, we think that we know what we're building. Uh, but then when it comes to the end user and when they, they actually use the product, in this case, you know, a website or a mobile app, uh, it turns out that they use it for completely differently sometimes than what we expect. So that's where testing brings a lot of uh, adds a lot of value in the process. Well, so I remember reading Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance a long time ago, and we're and are talking about looking beyond the surface appearance of things to their functionality. So the guy used a like a soda bottle, uh, you know, little um, you know, one of those pull-off tabs, and he used that as a shim to space his motorcycle spark plugs. As a thin piece of metal is a thin piece of metal. Doesn't matter where it came from, right? So sometimes if you just look at things with a different perspective, you're going to come to very different conclusions of how to use it or what to use it for. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, look and feel is only one aspect. Uh, there is the functionality, and there is the look. I'm here to do something. Make it easy for me. Don't make me think. Uh, as a Steve Krug will tell you. Yes, yeah, Steve Krug, if those of you that don't have a copy of his book, is pretty much the Bible on basic web usability. He was a keynote at our conversion conference, uh, I'm proud to say, and a friend of mine. But, uh, if you could look it up, Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug. 
Um, it's a fantastic book, and that's K R U G Krug with a K. Um, so, so yeah, the, what's what's wrong with making people think? I mean, don't you want to be a thoughtful person? <laughs> I, that's a that's a that's a great point, and sometimes I I often think. I mean, since he wrote that book, um, we've we've evolved quite a bit uh, when it comes to design, and it, it's not just about functionality; it's about um, you know uh, trying to engage with the end consumer as much as possible. That's how I like that's how I like to think about testing and research. It's about being close to them. There is this is a fast moving. Um, uh, 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 industry where there's change every single year and corporations, small, medium or large, are faced with challenges of having to um, upgrade or um, uh, optimize the experience they provide through different interfaces all the time. So yes, uh, sometimes you want to make people think or you want to give them choices, but it's more about not getting them confused. It's not just that they don't want to think. You know, They should think, but Make it easy for them to make the choices. Okay, so really what we're talking about is don't make them wrestle with it. Don't make it hard for them. Don't give them a big cognitive load where they have to, you know, really dig through things with the conscious mind. Basically put it on autopilot, make it real easy for them to get to what your intended goal is. Exactly. The title could be don't confuse them (laughs) or rather (laughs) or rather do Please them with easy to use uh, interfaces and easy to use products. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's a mouthful. But a lot of that has to do with example. For example, in the web experience, if you don't just have a, a simple one-click process, has to do with how to stage things and how to chunk them and how to break them up. Uh, how to perhaps uh, represent things. Should it be a slider or a pull-down box with choices? So that's really kind of the, the stuff you're talking about, right? What's the Absolutely. What's the- so so for, this is exactly – so uh, one of our customers, actually just uh, the e-commerce director, was explaining how they're doing all these experiments on a weekly basis. You know, testing used to be more of a one-time thing. Maybe, you know, after redesign, maybe you would do a usability testing maybe a couple times a year. This has completely changed. I mean, we're seeing um, both mature and sometimes even immature companies uh, when it comes to user experience management uh, doing constant iterative testing, you know, like this testing early and testing often philosophy. And they'd rather do experiments uh, almost, you know, not on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. You know why? Because of what you just said. There may be a very important choice uh, of a drop-down menu or, you know, a, a color or a picture here and there where testing can bring value and can tell the t- the development team that that's a better option or that it's not going to work. And okay, well, well, yeah, well, with, in the in the conversion world, though, I mean, I, I just want to make sure we're talking about the the same thing. You know, uh, user testing or usability testing is very different than landing page testing and split testing different versions of your website experience. True. Uh, or how do what, how do you see those two connecting? What is What's yeah. the relationship between if you know I mean we do talk a lot about split testing as frequently as possible but how do you, is there a parallel process do they play off of each other what's the relationship between usability testing and landing page testing Absolutely and in this same example this e-commerce manager was actually talking about the relationship between the both both AB testing and usability testing so with AB testing the short answer is AB testing will will tell you that ber- version B is working better or converting better the usability and you or user testing or experience testing will tell you why and will tell you why users prefer that so it's not just about okay you know who cares this one converts better sometimes you need a little more light uh, and you need to ask the, the user to actually tell you why 
Well, this is something that um, I've, I've often said that anybody that does a landing page test and then looks at the results after the fact and does some Monday morning quarterbacking and says, oh, that's because the green button was, uh, was bigger. Uh, well, you know, those are af- what I call that after the fact meaning making, you know, or, or fact creation. It's not real. So if you, those are just your rationalizations for the winning version, right? So yes. uh, you, you actually still have to go back to the horse's mouth to get the why back to your users. As it gets more complicated, and uh, Tim, you know how it is. Uh, it's a it's a it's a, a jungle out there uh, of you know competition and uh, you know trying to capture the users, the end consumer attention. Uh, you need to go beyond the this one converted better. And I'm not saying that A/B testing is not good. It's actually great, and we have got some great companies out there like Optimizely doing a fantastic job. But the fact is, you have to go beyond that to really understand and engage with the end user, and that you do with user testing, usability, and user experience research. Okay, so uh, you know, after the the break coming up here in a minute, we're gonna get into a little more of, of that. Uh, but before we go off the break, I want you to kind of say a little in a little more detail of what kinds of tests you can actually facilitate. How does your your software or service work? Absolutely, there's plenty of different types of tests that we can conduct. Uh, so. Um, Sorry, I'm sorry. Do, do you want me to talk about it now, or after yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go ahead. And give us just a very quick overview in a minute or so. Yeah, I mean, essentially, there's. We look at it in three ways. Uh, you first want to run user research and understand who visits your site and why they're coming to your site. So it's more about understanding the, and doing more profiling, understanding your audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one type of research. The other one is actually, you know, like usability benchmarking, understanding where you are now in terms of usability and metrics such as task success, time on task, satisfaction ratios, and things like that that are related to usability. And then the mm-hmm. third group, it would be like once you start redesigning um, a website again or an app or whatever, in, in any interface that you can navigate, uh, you're going to want to do some UX um, UX testing or usability testing, prototype testing while you're in the design process. So you can do card sorting studies to understand users' mental models of content. Uh, you can do tree tests to optimize and to validate if the navigation is actually correct or not. Uh, you can do prototype tests with a wireframe. You don't have to have a live website to do usability testing. So you can do quick and dirty uh, agile testing on prototypes while in the design process. So those three are like you know the 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 three main categories. Okay, so yeah, that that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. So uh, just to recap, uh, you know, profiling to understand your audience, benchmarking to see how key tasks on your website are performing, and then I guess uh, the the next category would be coming up with uh, ideas for what to change. Correct. Another and, thing that and, you could you could use it and for. validate and validate those ideas, not just coming mm-hmm. up with them, but also validate, which is extremely important, and it saves a lot of money and effort to the designer. Okay, and still, and still on the on the tail end of that, you have to take your current experience and the new one you came up with, and of course, you know, do a split test on them and and verify that it does improve the situation. Correct. That would be like more of after the fact. You want to do the you know maybe the before and after and prove that things are working out better. Exactly. Okay, fantastic. Well, we have to take a two-minute break, uh, but we'll be back after this word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. 
BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the BubbleFast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at BubbleFast. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. My guest this week is Alfonso Dilanuis, the co-founder and co-CEO of UserZoom. Alfonso, before the break, we were, we were talking about um, some of the things that you can do to come up with uh, you know, changes to your current user experience. So, you know, profiling, benchmarking, and then, like I said, coming up with changes. Let's focus on that because I think that's where we're in the realm of, uh, test ideas or conversion rate optimization most directly there. That's the latest stage of it anyway. Um, so let's describe, okay, let's say I have a, uh, um, a business-to-business website and my goal is to get you to download appropriate content at the right stage of your uh, kind of engagement with me and then eventually to pop your head up and fill out a form. So how can, say, user testing help in that general setting? Yeah, so I actually, at UserZoom, we don't really, and I would say this is uh, applicable to any user experience professional, we don't distinguish that much between B2B and B2C, although it's clear that the benefits uh, to, you know, let's say an e-commerce player are, are probably like easy to, to, to measure and, and the impact is huge. But with B2B, I would say that it's the same thing. You want the end user, whether it, again, it's a business um, or, a, or a consumer, to do what they came to do. And so we work with a lot of companies that do uh, internet testing and internal application testing, maybe between an insurance agent, for example, and the interface. These are B2B applications. 
and they're um, testing it just makes them more productive and more productive means uh, better uh, more ROI correct yeah well give me some specific examples of the kinds of tests uh, that, that people run the format of them uh, yeah something specific I'm just thinking, for example, of the of the uh, the insurance agents, which you know we work with many of the big insurance uh, vendors uh, in the U.S. and in Europe as well. We, we it happens to be a, a huge business for us, and you know what we see there is that you have the agents uh, that are on the go. Um, they may be using their PC, but maybe they're using their iPads or mobile, and you know they they have to go in there and enter forms or or um, uh, get quotes right away on the go. Um, for their customers, uh, maybe they have to change or edit something. You know, there's a lot of things you can do online. So these guys, um, you know, these are business agents or um, professionals. They need to have as great interfaces and a great experience. Otherwise, they're not going to do their job um, as as efficiently. Okay, so I guess what I'm hearing you say is that the one of the places to start is to understand the specific tasks that people are trying to accomplish. Is that a fair, fair statement? That's, that's a great way of saying it, Tim, because this is UX and usability is essentially about tasks. It's all about measuring the tasks or goals, other, other, often called customer journeys as well, so that you can really optimize each of those uh, tasks. And it's all about success ratio. So are they able to complete those tasks successfully? And if not, why not? Time on task, look, how much time does it take them? How much effort? How many clicks? And then uh, the behavior analytics that you can get to understand how is it that they're actually completing those tasks. Well, okay, let, let's talk about that because there's the, I'm sure you, you're familiar with the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. You know, if you look at a, a light photon and you observe it, you change its behavior by observing it. I mean, there are very subtle things at play. Well, in the same way, if you're watching, users interact with your website or a prototype of it, um, doesn't that change their very behavior? For example, um, making them talk out loud about what they're doing inserts this kind of conscious thinking and it's, it's not really accessing their real unconscious uh, behaviors. It's true. Um, however, uh, okay, the first thing I would say is that at UserZoom, we totally believe in what you just said, and that's why we are focused on remote, unmoderated testing, which is a, okay. a, new, it's a new way of doing testing so that users don't have to be in a fake place, but really actually in their natural context. And right, well, so that, that's exactly what I wanted to bring out. So, so what's important about user research? What's the context? What's the kind of to- protocol if it's not talk out loud? So describe to us what you think is effective for web usability in particular. Yeah. I think that uh, listening to the customers is great, but observing them is even better. And if you can leave them or uh, get them in as close to the natural context as possible, if not the exact context, like for example, again, iPad on the go or on the sofa, um, that's that's what we need to accomplish as researchers. Is not try to to simulate something or or, or sorry, not try to um, uh, change uh, the environment and the way they would interact with the product, but rather. Catch them on the in the what we call in, in the wild testing, Tim. We call it in the so wild. yeah. So we, we're we're not just to be clear talking about kind of uh, bringing them to a facility, uh, having them sit down in focus group, and one person takes over the whole conversation, and everybody, you know, the observers are watching all of this through some you know mirrored glass, and you know, no. you know we, we we the whole point is to make this as realistic as possible and unobtrusive for the actual user, you know, close to their natural state or the wild, as you call it. 
Correct. While while we know that focus groups and interviews have their place uh, in the research uh, community, uh, the fact is that um, there's there's in the wild testing and unmoderated testing is taking over because technology today enables you to collect a whole lot of data and responses in a much more cost effective way and in a much more natural way. So that's that's and agile by the way, agile, mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah, I think that anytime we insert our conscious mind into the process, which is usually on autopilot and we're really controlled by our our lower brains, if you will, our reptilian and mammalian brains, then uh, what we get is uh, an unnatural time distortion. You know, just talking about things takes a lot longer than just clicking around on a page. Uh, So, so it's it's on a completely different time scale. You know, a couple of orders of magnitude longer to do things. Correct. Correct, correct. And, and you know, to be fair, uh, research is research and it's never going to be the real thing, right? I mean, you know, people are being observed or, or maybe are asked to participate. But, you know, the, the closer as researchers, the closer we can get to the real situation, the better. And this, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I just want to you know, focus on this time aspect because I think for the web, it's critical. Most of us have, as I like to say, the attention span of a lit match when we're in front of a web browser. So, um, you know, the time pressures or distractions or uh, attention spans can't be uh, you know, overestimated. I mean, all of that stuff is it really needs to happen quickly and efficiently. Back to that thing you were talking about of don't make me think. Uh, so, do you ever suggest that, like, when you do a usability test, okay, you have two minutes to do the following? Do you put time pressure on people? Absolutely. If we consider that that is important, absolutely. And in fact, uh, there's not just timeouts and capacity to do that or set it up that way, but it's also actually specific studies about attention getting and attention grabbing, you know, uh, uh, capabilities, um, uh, or, or rather, you know, w- what is it that the customer is understanding from this website after looking at it for five seconds? Five right, seconds. the, the five-second test. Yeah, so basically you, you glance at a screen, okay, what are the three things you remember about the website after the curtain goes down and you don't see it anymore? More. That's first, right. First impressions, what's visually salient, right? It's part of what we offer. I mean, it's just one type of test among many others, but certainly that's something you can introduce as part of the research, yes. Okay, and so I think that pretty much for any kind of web testing you're doing, there's got to be tremendous time pressure built into the test, otherwise it won't be realistic. Is that, a, is that an overstatement or is that fair? Um, I would say it really depends, Tim. Sometimes you have the time and sometimes just ask, just putting things in front of users really, really helps and brings a lot of value and you don't have to worry so much. Other times it does. And other times we have this pressure and we need the results the next day or um, you just have to, you know, make it make it very, very simple um, for, for the end consumer. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really genuinely believe that it's really, really powerful to put something in front of the, your consumers, no matter how and no matter uh, when or where. It's better well, than well, not doing anything. Yeah, of course, absolutely. The, the, I think we were in complete agreement on that. But I guess what I'm saying is, unless it's a it's a time waster or something that you enjoy doing. So, for example, finding movies on Netflix or finding similar music on Pandora. Those are enjoyable activities. I'm looking forward to books or wines or music that, I, that I'm also going to like. It's an exploratory activity. That's kind of unbounded by its nature. But just about everything else we do on the web, we're not there to get entertained or to explore. We're there to, to do something, presumably, right? More so you reason- have to have that mindset. 
more reason to make it simple, make it quick, um, and just simply you know tell them. You know, when, when we ask participants, uh, when us or our customers, because we facilitate our customers to do this themselves as well with our platform, you know, we, we basically tend to say, look, we are here because we need your help to, make, to, be a, to provide a better experience. And what mm-hmm. we get with participants uh, out there, again, people that are not in this industry, neither you or, you know, your industry, conversion rate design and things like, things like that, these guys are sometimes very happy to uh, provide their own opinion and, you know, uh, talk trash about you if it's necessary, right? I mean, yeah, so get you, as soon as you give somebody a voice and a, and a platform, then you'll hear all kinds of things. That's right. But the thing is to gil- collect that voice. That's the main thing. And uh, customers today understand that if they don't collect that voice or that opinion through testing and research, they're, you know, they're, they're likely to be messing up or, uh, you know, their brand is going to be uh, worse off than if you are actually open and uh, use, you know, use research to understand your consumers, even if All you're right. not doing a good job. Yeah, uh, uh, totally agree. All right, we'll be back after our last commercial break in a couple of minutes, and we're going to find out how Alfonso played out his hoop dreams and parlayed that from uh, life in Madrid, Spain, to (laughs) being an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. We'll be back in two minutes after a break from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, talking to Alfonso Dilanuis, the co-founder and co-CEO of UserZoom. Alfonso, how the heck did you get from Madrid to Silicon Valley <laughs> by playing basketball? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, if you go to my LinkedIn profile or my Twitter or Facebook, I have a basketball spinning and it's part of my, it's, it's almost like an extension of my hand now. You know, it's part of my brand. I love basketball um, <laughs> and I owe a lot to California. Um, they, they, you know, they, they gave me a scholarship to play uh, basketball and I was able to do, to study business for free. Um, you know, and, and then I went back to Spain thinking that I could maybe hopefully play pro basketball or, uh, you know, just uh, live there. But after a few years uh, and we created our company, UserZoom, we launched it in, in Silicon Valley. I went to school in Silicon Valley, actually. Uh, so I was playing basketball. I didn't know that the Internet uh, was going to become, you know, my, my hobby. And so I ended uh, up coming back with oh, my no, business. That's just, isn't that just a fad? The internet thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they said back in uh, <laughs> late nineties. <laughs> that's right. Well, wow. So, uh, and I, and I, for some reason, I thought you know, I'm I'm five nine. I'm no giant, but I thought you know, the Spaniards were on the short side. How tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm six two. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taller than the typical Spaniard, but I was the shortest in the team, by the way. You know? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, Scotty Pippen, uh, uh, you know, of uh, of your team. No, no, no. Scotty was like six nine or something. I, I, I was. Oh, like no, but that's short for the NBA. Stuff, okay, fair enough. Like. <laughs> White boy can jump. Huh? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, terrific. Uh, well, uh, let, let's get back to to uh, usability. So, you know, one thing that uh, Steve Krug is also a big fan of that's informal usability testing. He says you don't really need super specific target audience. You know, um, selection. You don't need to run. 15, 20, 25 people through the same task. Tell us about kind of your perspective on just, you know, very quick and dirty testing with a small number of people. I, I agree. I agree. And as I said earlier, it's better to put it, I think what Steve wants to say is that it's better to put it in front of people than doing nothing. However, I have to say, we work with some major corporations that have this huge, tremendous, complicated goals and scope. I mean, international testing, uh, you know, they need to get uh, quant- quant- quantitative and qualitative data. Both because user experience is not just about people's, uh, you know, five guys making some comments, right? So it's become very, very important to be able to do both. Uh, I, I would agree with Steve, but uh, you know, there are there are other um, situations where it, it, a lot more is demanded than that. Okay, fair enough. And there's uh, some very sophisticated large enterprises that we work with that that do all kinds of nuanced uh, testing. But um, but let's approach it from the other side. Let's say I don't have a um, kind of user research culture in my company and I'm the guy charged with getting it started. What's the best way to build psychological momentum? What's the quickest way for me to, to jumpstart that and get people around me excited? Oh, what yeah. For, for web usability and for conversion rate optimization. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing I would say is that, uh, you know, there's plenty of research, plenty of uh, content around ROI of doing user testing, even if it's just Gorilla user testing. There's plenty of ROI out there. You know, uh, it saves you time uh, in the development process. It saves you a lot of pain uh, when you launch something that, uh, you know, you have tested before and it wasn't working. So, there's plenty of that that you can convince management for. Um, and then the great news, the really, really good news for people that might not have the, uh, a huge budget or time or resources is the fact that a lot of these things can be done almost for free, if not for free. But, you know, there's plenty of tools out there. UserZoom, I must admit that we're not really uh, a cheap solution. We are more in the high end. Uh, but there's plenty of vendors out there or ways to collect user feedback and run simple usability studies in a, in a, in a quick way. Um, so there's no excuse today to not do user testing. 
Okay, but uh, specifically, what kinds of things should I start with uh, that would um, that are usually just such obvious wins? It's almost like picking up gold laying on the ground, and that gets everybody excited. Oh yeah, I would go back to I would go back to that concept of tasks, right? So anyone that is building a website again, or a mobile app, or any any interface, any interactive uh, digital space. Um, and product. I mean, they have to think about what is it that they want the end consumer or the end user to do, and start from there. Because that's to me, that's a very simple and very powerful strategy. It's like once you come to, uh, once you define a list of tasks, and maybe you can prioritize. These are like huge for us for our business, and then these are the ones that are really really important, but maybe not so important. And then you just try to tackle those tasks and ask, can they do it? How much time is it taking them to do it? And how satisfied are they when they are doing it? That's a great way to start. Okay, so completion rates, completion uh, rates. difficulty, and, and uh, psychological impact of being in that process or satisfaction. Uh, think of, uh, I'd like to think of effectiveness, efficiency. So effectiveness is conversion rate. Uh, efficiency can, is about can time. Can they do it? Yeah, exactly. can they do it? Efficiency yeah. is about effort. Okay. Exactly, and time and, and number of clicks and things like that. And uh, the other is finally satisfaction and this emotional aspect. Like, you know, are you satisfied after that? Or are you just saying, yeah, I, I was able to do it, but boy, I, I, don't, I, would, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, was, it was painful. It was like walking on broken glass, that exactly. kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, I, I think that, that that pretty much, uh, unfortunately, runs us out of time. I know that we could keep talking for hours. Um, you guys have been uh, big supporters of Conversion Conference. I hope to see you next May at our next U.S. show uh, in Las Vegas. It's going to be our biggest ever standalone show. And uh, again, Alfonso, thank you so much for, for being on the program. Looking forward to being in the conference. You guys do a fantastic job. Um, so I look forward to seeing you there. And thank you so much for inviting me, Tim. Oh, my pleasure. And loyal listeners, uh, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.